0: You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hello and welcome to Locked On Marlins, your daily Marlins podcast from me, Peter Pratt. Thank you for joining me and thank you for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. Happy Wednesday, guys. Hope everyone's doing well. This hump day, I guess. Hopefully we're here to get you through that. Sean Barrett is back with me, finishing off this NL West. Sean, how are we doing?
0: Yeah, doing really good. Had a lot of fun yesterday. Uh, we've we've dealt with the bottom feeders and now we're uh, we're dealing with the, the real competitors of the division.
1: There we go. Love it. Get the bottom feeders in there. <laughs> 2020 vibes Um, you're right we are we're rounding off the NL West today and it is three I mean three contenders no doubt Uh, obviously uh, the Giants won the division which was a a surprise to many no one had the Giants winning this division um, with with the Dodgers beat out Uh, but obviously the Dodgers getting all the way to the the World Series in the end no they didn't get to the World Series (laughs) what am I talking about they got to the Championship Series boy oh boy What's going on here? So, the Padres, though, were the disappointment, but I think they're still contending. So we've got these three guys, Dodgers, Giants, Padres. We're going to pile into them today. Reminder what this series is. This is win-win trades. Marlins making trades with everyone in Major League Baseball. Me and Sean putting forward our proposals for you to discuss, consider, uh probably give us some banter back on twitter which has been fun so keep it coming um i'm very much enjoying the, the conversation did actually see sean i forgot to mention this to you yesterday that um someone reached out helping me with the the rangers you know we we struggle with the rangers uh, they put forward a proposal there two prospects uh that they liked they thought that could have been the deal so go and get some some prospects from the Rangers that are kind of major league Uh, Ready I believe and actually someone then kind of came and said yeah, that's a great trade So yeah, we missed that one, but we called it to say the AL West we know the least amount about and uh, I guess that rung true. So all right. Well without further ado. We are starting with the Dodgers Uh, Sean We know the Dodgers are in it. They're contending. Uh, What do they need?
0: Yeah, not a lot. (laughs) Uh, They are they're a pretty a pretty complete team um and it was it was difficult for a little while to work out um what exactly they needed what they do probably need is just a little bit of depth um you know marlon saw that last year what happens when you when you lack depth now the dodgers have got some out you know one to, one to nine their lineup is is pretty elite but You know, if you lose a guy here or two or three or what can happen, genuinely happen during the season, you need that couple of guys to come up. You need that that talent uh, on your bench and then your 40-man. And we've already spoke yesterday about the idea of um, I'm always interested in old Marlin players, where they are, where they're up to. And uh, interestingly enough, the Dodgers signed in the off-season, Eddie Alvarez and Tomas Tolis who was a catcher for the Marlins many, many moons ago.
1: Old friends, old, old friends,
0: old friends, you're always around. And uh, so that kind of led me to where I'm going with the Dodgers and an old friend in Vesia, the middle reliever we gave up. Oh, he's not been okay. at the Dodgers for long. We didn't give him up that long ago, but I always liked him. Some of the numbers really pop off. But one of the things that Vesia was to me was a player that when you watched him, you just new, you know, the eye test was was well and truly delivered by him. Um, yeah. But some of the numbers fantastic, you know, a tw- over 12k per nine does come with just just under five walk per nine. Um, But a pretty solid two and a half k to walk rate uh, 2.25 ERA last year, the XFIPs much higher. In fact, it's actually double at four and a half. Um, so the ORA is a little bit low, thanks to a a 0.143 BABIP. Um, but what I do like about him is that strikeout potential. Uh, last year he was in the top 10 in whiff percent at 38.1. Now whiff percent, that doesn't mean he smells. It means (laughs) the amount of times, every time a player swings 38% of the time they swing and miss, Mm -hmm. uh, that's top 10, as I said, in the league. Some of the names on that list are Hader, Kimbrell, Devin Williams, Araldus Chapman, Rosario Iglesias. I nearly skipped that one. And then DeGrom. <laughs> uh, so the names on that list are absolute studs. Um, he would fit into the Marlins' bullpen fantastically, potentially even as a closer. we got a send back. This one's going to hurt a little bit as far as depth for the Marlins, but it's Delacruz. I think, as I I hear the oof, um, and I say it myself, the reason why I feel that this is a fit, even though that the Marlins are going to give up on that depth, is there are still outfielders out there. There are still corner outfielders out there that the Marlins could be interested in. If they go out and get an absolute stud centre fielder, like a Mullins, then they can pick up an additional corner guy. Not a lot of money, not a lot of years. To fill that gap, I don't see that many relievers on the market, specifically in free agency. Um, and again, trade trades are going to be hard. People aren't going to be wanting to give away these stud relievers, uh, so it's going to hurt. Um, but I just feel like the Marlins can fill that Dela Cruz hole by getting a stud center fielder in a trade and then picking up a corner guy just to fill that role as the backup guy. Um, And yeah, it was hard with the Dodgers just because they are so complete. Uh, You could almost say that a realistic trade with the Dodgers is the Marlins sending Major League talent for prospects. But I I wanted to try and sort of lean away from that and try and find a Major League for Major League deal that kind of makes sense to me.
1: Looking back on the trade that was a few years ago, um, Dylan Floro for Vessia straight up I believe was the deal did the Marlins lose that trade win that trade or it's still too early to tell
0: I think realistically when the trade was made they won the trade Vessia struggled when he first come up and at the time they probably felt like they needed major league proven, ready, relief innings. Mm-hmm. And Flora's been good. Don't get me wrong. Flora's actually performed reasonably well. I just wish that they could have not moved Vessia. Like I said, even without the numbers, when he first came up, it was there were ugly numbers. But he just, had, like I said, that eye test, he just passed it. He looked like he was a piece away as far as uh, just one adjustment or one one concept would change him into an elite reliever. And that's kind of what's happened for him.
1: I, I think really it was win-win at the time. I, and the, the thing is, you, you're not going to get one over. You're not going to rinse the Dodgers. You're never going to rinse the Dodgers. So you can't expect to be rinsed. The Marlins wanted a bit more experience with Flora. Flora was good. The Dodgers were happy to take the lefty upside guy that, like you said, the eye test was good. You know, he had some wild minor league numbers, didn't he? So, you know, it was clear the talent was there. And uh, I think it just fitted both sides, but clearly Vessi has kind of kicked on subsequently, uh, which is to be expected. Like, clearly as he kind of settles into the major league uh, level and starts to get familiar, then I mean, he's really kicked on. But nevertheless, Floro's been great too. So, you know, win win, but I, I like where you're thinking with that one. Would the Dodgers give him up? I I don't know. But do they need outfield depth? I think they do. I absolutely think they do. They've obviously, you know, Chris Taylor um you know was was playing a bit of outfield for them last year in the main. So, you know, there is a need for them for sure. Um, so I like I like the fit. <sighs> right then, Sean. I'm coming in scorching hot with this one. I'm coming in scorching. Step back from the mic. <laughs> listen, I'm going to just put it out there now. The player going from the Marlins is Pablo Lopez. So listen, the Dodgers, the Dodgers need, do need some pitching. I'm not clear what the future holds for Trevor Bauer, but I'm not certain that's going to end up in a in a good situation. I, you know, Max Scherzer isn't back. You know, so there's Scherzer gone. There's uh, Bauer gone. There's maybe one or two others I'm thinking, Kershaw, where's, what's Kershaw up to? I mean, you know, they need, they need some top of the rotation arms. I mean, they've got Bueller, yes, they need something else. Pablo Lopez is going back to the Dodgers. But who's coming the other way? Cody Bellinger. Bellinger for Pablo Lopez, straight up one for one. Bellinger had an absolutely rancid year in 21. Dog shit. Brinson, worse. Brinson, Brinson Diaz, and Monte Harrison combined was Cody Bellinger. It was absolutely rancid. It was that, let me just, let me just get into what Bellinger did last year. It was so bad. It shocked me when I went and looked at it. He, (laughs) this is wild. He had a negative 1.5 war, 10 bombs. hit 165, 36 RBIs, an OPS plus of 45 and an OPS of 542. Boy, oh boy. Cody Bellinger, it was absolutely turgid. 315 at bats. So, spoke about it with Ryan Owen, my good friend on the fantasy side on Roto Brits before the year got got underway. Talk about Cody Bellinger. Where do you draft him from a fantasy perspective? I said, listen, he's got this shoulder issue. He's got this back issue. Everything's lingering around. I'm not clear what happened with Bellinger last year, but it just did not happen. So, he has two years of control remaining. Uh, he's in you know he's signed his ARB deal already Uh, so he's owed 17 million this year uh, which is high and I think the problem was he won the MVP previously so that bumped his ARB way up I don't think ARB has ever come down but I think the Dodgers would have you know the reality was 17 mil is too high for what Bellinger did last year I mean he's probably negative 1.5 war I mean (laughs) where'd you go with that million straight up I don't know but listen the talent, say he's an MVP, former MVP. Clearly, there was some some health issues and various issues, and I think maybe the Dodgers go. Do you know what? Maybe he needs a, a change of scenery. I know the Marlins particularly. I, I know, no, I'm saying this wrong. I don't know, but I remember back when the Rio Muto trade was in in the works. There was talk at that point. This is pre, you know, Cody Bellinger MVP mode. There was talks at that point that the Dodgers were in on Rio Muto and Bellinger was the piece that the Marlins wanted or liked as part of a package. I think they were looking for a package of Bellinger Plus from memory. So there you go. I'm going straight up, mate. Pablo Lopez, Cody Bellinger. Pablo had a miles better season than, than Cody Bellinger. Pablo has... He has the injury concerns too. But the Marlins need... Cody Bellinger you can plonk him into centre field if he returns to anything like the form that he'd showed before with his bat, it'd be a stunning move for the Marlins, no doubt about it. Bellinger's only, what is he, he's only 25 still? 26. So, you know, listen, he's he's in his prime. He's in his prime, theoretically. So, yeah, I was coming in hot with this one with the Dodgers. I, I don't know where that would leave them at centre field or in the outfield. Maybe you'd, you'd kick in De La Cruz. I don't know. You know, Pablo and De La Cruz and You know, I guess leave them to their own. They've got so much money, the Dodgers anyway, they can just go and acquire who they want, I guess. But there you go, Pablo, one for one, Cody Bellinger. And when you go onto the trade, uh, you know, the trade estimator or whatever, he has no value, Bellinger, right now. Because he had that bad of a year. He has no value. And he's expensive at 17 mil. So maybe you just throw him Cody Poteet and say, you know, Poteet for Bellinger, let's roll. (laughs) I'm not not sure that's going to get it done, but Sean... Pablo for Bellinger, too much from a mile inside.
0: I think I think it probably is. Um, as you said, the, the trade calculator has it him uh, not not much beyond zero. Mm. I think realistically, the Dodgers would happily trade him on for well, me and uh, <laughs> see see what my glove plays like in center field. Um, I, can, I can give you a negative one point five WAR. And uh for a lot less than seventeen million, that's for sure. <laughs> uh yeah, I think Too I much. think he, he could be yeah, yeah, <laughs> he could be a reclamation project for somebody. Uh I think realistically the Dodgers could just say, do you know what, we've got that money, we'll eat it, we'll see what happens. If he doesn't deliver this year, then yeah, he's probably gonna clear waivers and, and someone else will will give him a go, send him to the Rockies. That power might work over there.
1: It absolutely could do. There you go. I mean, yeah, maybe Pab perhaps- Pablo may be too high. It's just one of those. Like, I, I wonder how the Dodgers value a Cody Bellinger after that type of year. And they they know more than all of us. They have the full picture in that they they know exactly what went wrong and what was going on, etc. We're just speculating, I guess. So, you know, they may look at it and go, yeah, we know we know the back was a problem or we know this was a problem. But nevertheless, his season was absolutely terrible. But... Former MVPs that are still just 26 and two years of control, I guess when you say it like that, they sound enticing. But, you know, I'm not convinced Bellinger's skill set has fallen off a cliff fully. But maybe Pablo is a, is a step too far. But I don't know. I mean, Pablo Pablo hasn't finished a season, ever. There is legitimate concerns and worries about his about his longevity. And... You know, their shoulder issues are reoccurring. So, yeah, there we go. Pablito, straight up for Bellinger. Sounds very expensive, now I say it out loud. Um, I'd probably, I mean, I'd be shocked if uh, Vessier as well was available, but I really like what you're thinking on that one. I mean, Vessier would be, he would be a great addition to the Marlins bullpen right now, no doubt. And actually, yeah, would be in the mix for saves, you would imagine. Um, Or, you know, worst case, in the Yimmy Garcia role in 2020, You know, that seventh inning dude that is just lights out and has a sub one ERA or something. Could absolutely see that happening. So, all right, cool. That is the Dodgers done. Um, Some very different approaches on that one, for sure. So we will quickly get into our first US ad with a British twist. And of course, it is the guys at Built Bar. Built Bar, it is the new year. So it means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Bilt Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Bilt Bar makes it easy to stick to your resolutions because it tastes good. You'll want to eat it. So many flavors, guys. Absolutely jam-packed full of flavors. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, many, many more. Get yourselves over to Built.com. use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your order. That's LOCKED15, all one word, 15% off your order at Built.com. Okay, we are transitioning our way across town. We are headed to San Diego for the Padres. And it was a bit of a letdown for the Padres in, in 2021. They were seemingly... Uh, you know in the offseason they were the offseason darlings everyone was claiming you know calling them division champs world series champs before the the action got underway in the end they kind of fl- they they well no they didn't kind of flame out they fully flamed out it was a shocking end to the year for the padres they were gassed tatis was hurt multiple times rushed back he was playing in the outfield they were just trying to get anything going and they just couldn't it just fell apart at the end for the padres They were in on Max Scherzer, couldn't get a deal done. Um, So they're going to reload. They're absolutely ready to rock and roll, and they are going to reload, I think, and come real strong in in 22. I'm really excited about the Padres, actually. I think they could be a lot of fun. Sean, how do you assess these Padres, and where are you going with this trade proposal? So, yeah,
0: after your crazy LA Dodgers one, I think I've caught the bug, and I might be going crazy too. (laughs) Oh, boy as you said they really struggled last year i mean they were calling themselves slam diego um as far as all the power that they had and mm-hmm. ultimately it didn't turn out they were bottom they were bottom third in home runs and slugging last year for a team when you look at the lineup you can just think how is that even possible uh as far as holes that i see for them uh number one is a power corner outfielder they just need some more bats the offensively they just don't seem like they're quite there yet but one of the things that kept coming up every time i tried to look at anything with the team was hosma hosma needs moving they want to get rid of that contract off their books um so badly uh realistically it doesn't actually look that bad in the context of some really bad contracts in the major leagues So he's owed 20 million next year, and then four years at 13, um, which for what he's actually performed as um, is a lot of money. So I tried to create something for the Padres in the sense that maybe they don't just retool, but they kind of restructure, and they move a year down the line, and they look to to fix in for the next year, because I just think there's I just don't think there's offensively enough there. So I tried to fit in a way to move the Hosmer contract to the Marlins, which is difficult. So I've pieced them together with Grisham. And we're sending back Burdick. Now, on the face of it, it looks absolutely crazy. So just let's get into Grisham quickly. Uh, 2021, he had a 110 WRC plus eight defensive runs saved in center field, so he's an above average here, and he can play center field at a good level. He also has played a bit in the corners. Realistically, he's going to give you 2020 with a chance of a bit more good plate discipline. Uh, 0.5 uh, walk per K. He's a two point two to three WAR player. Um, he's playing in his final year of of uh, minimum and then obviously the three years of arbitration. Um, As I said with Hosmer, he's he's been underwhelming, really underwhelming for San Diego. I think he's got just over a negative war for the last four years combined. So when you factor in the contract that he's being paid, he is vastly underperformed for them. The way I see this fitting for the Marlins, because that's a lot of money for them to take on, is that Grisham in free agency would be worth far more than he is in his arbitration years tacking on Hosmer's money. So you're almost paying free agency prices for a guy that's going through his arbitration years. Mm -hmm. For the Padres, what are they getting? They're getting out of a contract that they absolutely want to move. They're not hurting themselves too much. Grisham obviously is a great player, Mm. but it gives them the opportunity financially to retool Burdick, I actually kind of like, and when I was creating this trade, I put in Burdick just because I saw the the, the two values fitting quite nicely. Then as I looked at it, I was like, I don't really want to give up Burdick now. Uh, he's 24 year old, he plays average right field defense, uh, in 106 games last year, he hit 23 home runs. He will not ever hit for an average, but he had a near 400 OBP for his career in the minors. So he comes with the ability to get on base and that's probably partly through the fear of the power. I think realistically, he could be a potential July call-up for whatever team he's playing for. Yeah. And and that fits to me in the sense of the Padres are retooling. They're giving up a good outfielder, but they're going to get one back. They're also getting out of the Hosmer deal. So it sounds crazy, but I actually feel like it's a good fit.
1: That is... A wild one. I I didn't. It's funny you've. That's a few times you've gone down the Marlins taking on money route in this series thus far. And uh, that even even when you say that out loud, that sounds wild. So I think that one is very interesting, and I can totally see. I can totally see how that is pieced together. Like you take the Hosmer money, but you get the player. You effectively get. Yeah, bolted together. Yeah, you get a free agent kind of signing effectively with that contract, whether you use Hosmer or not. Um, and and Burdick goes across. Power, corner outfielder, rate of rock and roll. Yeah, makes makes a lot of sense, Sean. I, I I like that one. I would have never pieced that one together myself. Um, I've gone slightly, l- not left field, but I've, hmm, I, I've, I've gone down a path that, I didn't think I'd go down when I started this one. So I think there's a player that is an old friend that's a Padre. He's an old friend of the Marlins. He wasn't that much of a friend, but nevertheless, he has peaked a few years ago and has struggled subsequently. Um, so I am going to go with a Chris Paddock reunion. So we're going to get Paddock back in the mix. So here you go. This is a chain reaction trade though. So I think maybe the Marlins go and maybe they have to move on Pablito or Sixto or someone as part of another deal. And then they come back around on this one and they maybe look to acquire Chris Paddock um, to maybe help them right now. Um, and maybe another reclamation dude. So I mean, boy oh boy, the rotation could be filled with reclamations. But you got three years of control on Paddock, uh, just entering Arb now. Um, so that that fits a fits the profile. He hasn't been good. He hasn't been that good anyway. He was very good in 2019 and looked the real deal, and has kind of tailed off ever since. So you know, the star is fading there. What do we? What do the Padres need? Well, I, I think perhaps they still need some pitching too. Uh, but like you, I was thinking about the outfield as well. Um, so I'm wondering if maybe there's like a, a, a an Eliezer plus Conine type deal for Chris Paddock that may come into play if, again, they move one of the other big dudes like Sixto or Pablo. So that's the chain reaction I'm going to go with. So I'm going to go Chris Paddock after the Marlins have maybe moved one of the two studs. Chris Paddock to the Marlins and go into slam Diego, Eliezer and Griffin Conine those two dudes. So there you go. Um, Old friend back. I loved the upside of Paddock. I remember seeing him pitch in 2019 against the Marlins. It was a day game and I was blown away by him. He was exceptional. And all the conversation then was that Rodney trade was absolutely horrific. Um, It looked that way. And I really haven't seen much of Paddock since and what I have seen has not been good. So I guess off the back of a Cody Bellinger reclamation, it's then a Chris Paddock reclamation. Um, what's your thoughts on that one? I'm, I'm not sure if you like Paddock these days or not.
0: Yeah, I mean, Paddock, he's a guy with all the letters coming out of the back of the cap, isn't it? I, 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 I can i can visualise in my mind. Um, just very quickly, obviously, as you were speaking, because I didn't know, obviously, neither of us know where we're going with these. Um, yeah, Paddock had a bad year last year, over five ERA, but a 3.78 FIP, so... Maybe there was just a bit of unluckiness there. He's, he's had an injury from what I can see. Um, so he's probably not going to be ready to pitch um, out the gate, um, depending on when the gate opens, because who knows what's happening with uh, opening day at the moment. But no, I think he's a, he's a realistic guy that you could almost say, yeah, a reclamation project. You're not, you're not sending too much in the way of things that are going to hurt the Marlins at the major league level. And uh yeah, I think it's it's something that could realistically fit both teams.
1: It could do. It it's just one of those like is how do they view paddock um and what else are the Marlins gonna do? I don't I don't see this as a centrepiece deal. Clearly, the Marlins don't need to go away and acquire another starter. But if they move away some other starters, maybe this is the type of guy they could look to uh piece in right now because you know, maybe some of these starters aren't quite ready and they need the depth. We're not going to get it back into that situation of three-man men, a three-man rotation. So, Okay, well, uh, that's... I, I really liked yours, by the way. Just kind of sitting back and thinking about it even more. Like That that move makes a lot of sense uh, and is not the type of move the Marlins would have made before. Um, but maybe they do this time. So you're right, and you do hear what this Hosmer deal got. What was the production of Hosmer last year, by the way? Like is there anything what's left in the tank for him
0: it wasn't too bad you know it's it's around the w, uh, 100 wrc plus the okay. defense even at first base isn't great um, but i think realistically it would be dh and as you said with your trade this is a trade that begets another trade in the sense of we've now got another first baseman mm-hmm. does that does that make aggie on his final year of arbitration movable for a ball pair piece you know that i think some of these moves that we're trying to create create another trade in you know that the the marlins have because ultimately the marlins do only have a few gaps and it is difficult when you're looking at 29 unique teams and trying to fit a trade together but i think you know i think every trade that we we're going through is something that would you know it's a, it's a tough remit you need to help both teams you need to fit both teams windows um but yeah no i think realistically that there are trades that are realistic and sensible with every team, but when push comes to shove, the Miners are only actually going to make two or three trades with two or three teams. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, we're, try- we're trying our best to fit fit around uh, peg in a square hole.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and let's not forget as well for the Padres, they do have uh, they do have Mike Clevenger back around, he'll be back around, you obviously missed the whole of last year, so they, they, they extended Clevenger after trading for him, um, knowing and the extension looked light, well it was light because they knew he wasn't playing last year at all, so he'll be back around uh, obviously you know Snell, Darvish Clevenger it's, it's a lively, lively top three for sure, so Padres will be absolutely back in the mix uh, I'm, I'm confident of that, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what they do, um, but yeah, okay, cool. Well that's that's the Marlins Padres out of the way. Before we get over to the final team for the the NL West the San Francisco Giants, it's time to tell you about well, of course, Bet Online AG. Where else where else would we go? And Bet Online, they have you covered this holiday season, more props, odds and lines than ever before, as football continues its march through the College Bowl season and the pro football playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website, mobile device, sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON, it's all one word, LOCKEDON, to receive that bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, then, let's round this bad boy up. Let's round off the NL West with the division winning San Francisco Giants. And, well, a team that looks, well, they look familiar. I mean, actually, the one thing to say Buster Posey has retired, so they've lost Posey. And they have lost one of their aces from last year in, in Kevin Gorsman. So there's a couple of holes to fill, but broadly how are you see in the, the Giants now heading into 22?
0: Yeah, as you said, there are a few holes in the sense that they did lose those two players, but they came into the off-season with the potential of losing significantly more of their rotation. So they re-signed Discafani to a three-year, 36 million. Uh, Alex Wood came back on a 225 contract. They've repl- not replaced... Gelsman because you can't replace him but they did sign Alex Cobb for two year 20 million so they've pieced together quite a lot of what could have realistically been a big issue for them Uh, they've still got an upcoming pitcher in Logan Webb who pitched last year I actually quite like him as a player so they're there or thereabouts as far as fixing their their rotation whether or not the Marlins could help them with a depth for catcher with just um, Joey Bart who did struggle last year I don't see that as a fit. So, the, the trade that I have uh, constructed is sending another pitcher. So, as we said, they've lost Gelsman. So, realistically, it's next man up. So, their number two is now their number one. Their number three is now their number two. They need a new fourth or fifth out, uh, starting pitcher. Um, and I did say at the beginning of this that I was trying not to send the same player and trade after trade after trade. But there are only so many starting pitchers that I'm ready to, to trade. Um, with the Marlins, and so it's it's Alicia Hernandez um, going for a prospect. Now, San Fran are prospect heavy. They've got some major names coming up uh, ready to to take another run. They're not going to have to rebuild. They're not going to have to restructure. They're just going to come at you again. So their prospects are absolutely ready um, to to move the team on again. So I've taken a look at a guy called Toribio Ter- who one word struck out when I was reading the scouting report, and that was Thumper. He is an absolute beast of a player, uh, so much so that he might grow out of playing third base. So it could be only a first base option only, depends on how he develops. He's shown some good strong walk rates. He uh, needs to improve the K rate, but you could say that about pretty much every prospect going. Um, but he's played well in his early career, and he's also been young for the level that he's played at so i think that he is realistically a guy that can be had reasonably cheap and a guy that if he can stick at third and he can get those contact rate up just a little bit that power would make him a, a pretty good above average third baseman at the major league level and uh you know those that, that is something that the marlins are going to need in the next three four years they're going to need a starting third baseman because you know, what are we doing with BA? Is he, mm-hmm. is he sticking? This is almost, this is his audition year. Um, and then the Marlins will, will either carry on with him through arbitration or sign into a longer deal contract. But BA needs a strong year. And I think the Marlins would be prudent in having some upcoming third base options coming through.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think I've thrown it there a few times on other episodes where you address that you know, third base organizational depth uh, challenge that d- that does exist. Clearly, it does. So, uh, I I like that one. And you know, like like you said, I feel a bit sorry for for Eliezer. We we're trading him everywhere, but you know, he he effectively is a movable piece for sure. Um, so, makes a lot of sense as well. You know, fill our need. We we move on some surplus arm. You know, a nice rotation piece for the Giants there. So, makes sense. I am going down the route of prospect swap style with these ones. Actually, it's it's hard with the contending teams. Um, you know, we we don't really have anything to fill their their catching void as such. I mean, maybe we do. I mean, spoke about it. I mean, there's there's four catchers on the the forty man. Maybe we could you know bump in you know Alex Jackson or you know Peyton Henry or. I, I, yeah, however that plays out, I don't know, but it's possible. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to go straight up pro, uh, prospect swap here with these giants. Like you said, they've got some nice some nice prospects for sure. Um, but I think, yeah, like you said, they they need some they need some major league pitching or near major league pitching. So that's the route I'm going. And the Marlins, we're going to acquire a center fielder that is pretty much ready to rock and roll. He may not be quite ready. But he's very, very close, I think. So the prospect that's coming across from the Giants is Heliot Ramos. Um, I don't know if you've heard of him or not, but he he looks he looks nice. He looks, I'd say, prototypical, and he's he's hit well through the minors. Um, played at two levels last year in Double uh, AA and Triple A. Uh, spent all his time pretty much at center field. So Heliot Ramos is the prospect coming over. Like I said, I, he could be ready. If he isn't ready immediately, um, you know, it's it's within the next twelve months, let's say. So you know, that still gives the Marlins plenty of options. Maybe you know, maybe a, a midseason call up. I don't know. Um, so who's going back the other way? It's gonna be it's gonna be a prospect. And listen, Heliot's you know a top seventy overall prospect. Um, so there's gonna have to be there's gonna have to be someone of similar ilk going back um so you know where does that take us well it, it takes us into you know it takes us into uri Perez territory it does um, and i haven't traded him yet um and i don't want to trade him but i'm gonna for this one it's gonna be a one- for-one swap on on Perez um i don't think the Giants they do need their pitching but i I don't think the the pitching the Marlins are willing to give up will be enough. I don't. You know, Elias is not going to get Heliot Ramos from from the Giants. It, it isn't going to be enough. It, it could you could do Pablo, you know, Pablo for Heliot if you think he's ready to rock and roll. But I'm, I think he's still a little bit further away. So I'm going to go prospect swap. Uri Perez give the Giants a real nice arm, and the and the Marlins get you know because if if Ramos is ready. The Giants have already got an outfield that is already packed with other dudes knocking around too. This is a thing when you look at their, you know, their overall like like Sean said. I mean, they've got tons, absolutely tons of prospects coming through. So it is a loaded farm for sure. Um, You know, Hunter Bishop, Luis Matos is there. Um, You know, outfielders. So you know, these guys top end of the system outfielders as well. So let's swap for an arm. Let's get a real high end arm, but you know, young arm. Raider Rock and Roll. So that's where I'm going. Heliot Ramos, Uri Perez, straight up one for one. Do you know anything about Heliot Ramos, Sean? Uh,
0: not a great deal. I've just had a quick look while you were speaking. And yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting, as you said, it's the Marlins are in a tough position where you've got, you've got the stud guys. You've got Sandin, you've got Trevor, and you've got Pablo. And I think Pablo should still be mentioned with those two others. Uh, then you've got you know the, the the four or five guys who are slightly below that level of size value and then they've got the prospects who, who are huge values so when you try and move a, an arm for a reliever uh, for a, a bat like like him you've kind of you've got this you've got no middle ground you've got the studs and you've got the the, the depth guys then uh yeah no he it looks interesting He's, he's probably corner outfield only now, um, but he's, he's, the development through the league seem to be—you know—he's progressing well. And uh, as you said, is he ready straight away? Probably not. Could he be in July? Maybe. He's—you know—he's a guy that's going to look good. And, and as you said, San Fran have got outfield uh, prospects—you know, proper stud, stud guys—and um, so maybe that makes him a little bit more. You know, expendable. Maybe they they can move him for a, a lesser piece um, than Perez, because I think yeah, as you said, Perez moving him would would probably hurt quite a lot because he looks he looks the real deal.
1: He really does. He does. Um, but nevertheless, that's that's what the Giants are going to be asking for. You got to give um, to get. You have to. So it's one of those. I, I don't want to trade him because I'm like we said on the previous episode the upside, the you know, the rocket emoji is just it's being overused. Not overused, it's being correctly overused uh with, with Perez. So yeah, that's that's where you that's where I've landed on this one. Um, that's us done. Out west. Um, a fun division to trade with. There was yeah, I think looking back to the the Diamondbacks, we both landed on Kettle Mada, which made a lot of sense. The Rockies, you went you went reliever, uh, which again makes sense. You went reliever with the Dodgers too. Um, you, I've then, got... I went a bit bold. <laughs> Cody Bellinger with with the Dodgers um, and uh, and Brendan Rogers from the Rockies. So I'm I'm absolutely laying into to any bats if you if you <laughs> if you have potential to hit anything, uh, I'm I'm interested for sure. Uh, and then yeah, some some kind of different approaches. You know, an old friend, of paddock coming back, and. Um, you know, getting into, uh, getting into some prospect swaps as well with the Giants. So, yeah, we've kind of gone about it in a few different ways. I really enjoyed your Padres one, though, as well. The kind of Hosmer, move the Hosmer money, take the outfielder that helps now. Uh, made made a lot of sense. So, yeah, that's us done out west, buddy. Um, we are going to be back tomorrow kicking off the, the NL Central. And some interesting teams there, too. I'm not clear on the path on some of these teams and, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued, we've already traded with one of them, and I'm wondering if there may be you know, something else we should revisit uh, from those, I guess we'll get into that without any spoilers now, but yeah, guys, that's going to be us done, that's me, Peter Pratt and Sean Barrett, uh, signing out for Wednesday's Locked On Marlins, we'll be back, uh, I believe on Thursday. I think we're going to be rolling Thursday, and we'll get into we'll, we'll get this uh, NL Central rolling for sure. Um, so that's it, guys. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for the rest, of the NL Central, and then rounding up the NL East. Appreciate it.